0: It's Friday, November 27th. Welcome to The Peak Weekly. We're breaking down the most complex Canadian and global business stories and giving you the bullet points you need to stay informed. I'm your host, Brett Chang. First of all, happy Thanksgiving to all of our American brothers and sisters. For all of us up north, though, we are still chugging along. You know, and I know, that the news never takes a holiday. So we've got a great episode for you this week to catch you up on the week's biggest stories. Here are the three things you can expect to learn. One, what's going on with the vaccine, and why is Canada behind other countries? Two, did you know Canada is about to legalize sports betting? Find out why. Three, and why is the stock market booming during a global pandemic? But as always, we wanted to give a huge shout out to one of our reviewers. This week, we're recognizing someone I definitely do not know and have never met. On the podcast app, their name is Flynn's Rider. He or she says, solid platform for a good Canadian news recap, smiley face. Listen to it every couple of days. I don't read the newsletter. First of all, bonus points for mentioning the newsletter. Subscribe at readthepeak.com. And second of all, we love the smiley face. And you know that's what I like to try and do on this podcast is bring all of you smiles. So... Thank you again, Flynn's Rider, and if you love the pod, please do leave a review. It means the world to us. Now, let's get to the biggest Canadian and global business stories of the week. Our first story is about the rarest party drug of them all. No, it's not MDMA or magic mushrooms. It's the COVID-19 vaccine, the most elusive of them all. We know the vaccine is important to you and it's the number one business story in the world right now, so we're making sure we give it the coverage it deserves in the Peaks daily newsletter. But for those who haven't been following, here's what's up the vaccines are coming. Both Moderna and Pfizer shots have been reported at 95% efficacy and are now awaiting approval from regulators. AstraZeneca also had a strong result, but a mistake in their trial is forcing them to redo some of it before they can get approved. Well, that all sounds good, but who's getting it first? As it currently stands, countries of the headquarters of companies developing the vaccines are first in line. Moderna is based in Boston, Pfizer is in New York, their partner BioNTech is in Germany, and AstraZeneca is British. So as it stands, the U.S., U.K., and Germany are poised to be the first recipients of a COVID-19 vaccine. The U.S. expects to start vaccinations on December 12th, and Britain is already booking appointments for high-risk people. And that's great for them, but what about us? Well, I wish I had a better answer for you, but the Trudeau government has been very vague about our timeline. Trudeau said that Canada is still on track to start vaccinations in January, but how many will have by then is still unknown and how these will be distributed is also unclear. What we can expect is that high risk patients and essential workers will be at the front of the line with everyone else having to wait. The government has indicated that the reason why it's going to take us longer to get the vaccine is because we don't have any domestic vaccination production capabilities. This is a massive L for the country, and in the peak's opinion, reinforces the need for Canada to take the onshoring of essential manufacturing much more seriously. The good news is that Canada has purchased more vaccines per capita than any other country. And while that might sound greedy, it's great for us, and so it might take longer, but we'll at least be well supplied. The COVID vaccine is urgently needed. I don't have to tell you that not just so we can see Justin Bieber alive in 2021, but so millions can get back to work, small businesses can get back up and running, and life can return to, at least how we knew it before, normal. We know the Trudeau government is working hard to ensure Canadians get vaccinated, but we really can't stress enough how vital this is for Canada's economic recovery. And we hope they can secure a supply for us sooner rather than later. Our second story is about gambling. Have you ever wondered why you can't bet on the Super Bowl or the Academy Awards in Canada? Sure, there's ProLine, but that requires you to bet on multiple sporting events and you have to do it in person. Single event betting is actually illegal in this country, and here's why. Critics argue that it's illegal for a good reason. Gambling has become a way of life in Britain and Australia, but it's also seen a spike in gambling addiction. And many others argue that it puts the most vulnerable, who are already struggling, at risk and at the mercy of multinational gambling organizations. But others others disagree. Proponents argue that billions of unregulated bets are already placed abroad. In fact, in Canada, it's estimated that $14 billion of Canadian dollars are bet on European and American gambling sites. And in many instances, this is going into the black market and criminal hands. And right now the government has no way of regulating any of this industry or even generating revenue from this activity. So the proponents argue that we should capture the entire space by legalizing single event betting. And that's what's looking like is happening. CBC reports that the federal government is expected to introduce legislation that would modify the criminal code to allow for single event betting. If passed, gamblers could place bets on events like hockey or football games. MPs in border towns like Windsor, Ontario, have complained for years that the casinos in their constituencies are struggling to compete with casinos across the border where single-game betting is allowed. The change in the U.S. was actually prompted by a Supreme Court ruling a few years ago. Originally pro sports leagues were opposed to the change, arguing that it may lead to match-fixing, but the sight of huge profits prompted them to change their position. So what's next for this? Well, if the legislation passes, which since it's being put forward by the government, it's very likely to, provinces will be responsible for implementing it. That means that the way you gamble on sporting events will look different depending on where you are in the country. The peak's take on this is that we need to find a middle ground. Yes, billions of dollars in illegal betting flows back to the black market every year, but how do we ensure the most vulnerable Canadians don't fall into the trap of gambling addiction? Our suggestion is to have government own the business just like they do with ProLine and lottery tickets. Either way, the legalization of sports betting is a massive move for the government and could be the advent of an entirely new industry in Canada. So it's definitely one to watch. And our last story is stocks. They're up again and they're up in the words of former President Trump. Huge. On Tuesday, the Dow closed above 30,000 points. That's the highest ever on record. The S&P also got super close to hitting its all time high. The Dow, S&P. We know all these terms can be complicated, so let's break them both down. The Dow, short for the Dow Jones Industrial, is a widely watched benchmark index of the performance of blue chip, aka big corporations, on the stock market. The idea is that if those big companies are doing well, it's a strong indicator that the whole market is doing really well. The S&P 500 does something similar, but it takes the top 500 or so companies and tracks their performance. Tesla is the latest addition to this prestigious club, so belated congratulations to you, Elon. You might be thinking, how in the world are these stocks doing so well during a global pandemic that is killing millions of people and forcing millions more out of work? That's a great question. and It's one that's really tough to answer, but I'll try my best. My short answer is that the stock market is no longer a good measurement of the health of the economy. The vast majority of people don't have holdings in the stock market, and it's heavily influenced by factors unrelated to how working people and Main Street are doing. In this case, there are four big external factors driving the surge in prices. The first is politics. Investors' spirits were boosted by two things. Donald Trump's decision to allow a smooth presidential transition and President-elect Biden's appointment of Janet Yellen as his Treasury Secretary. She's a figure widely respected by Wall Street as a steady hand. The second factor is day trading. Trading volume surged on options exchanges like TD Ameritrade and Robinhood. Basically what that means is that there's a ton of people like you and me downloading trading apps and starting to invest on the good news, and that's driving prices up. Three is interest. Low interest rates continue to reduce the attractiveness of steady investments like bonds and make stocks, or what the investors call equities, a more lucrative place to put their money. And four is the vaccine. But you already know all about that. Now that's a lot of American stuff, but what does that mean for Canada? Well, it's a great question. And in the short term, we're seeing a boom in the price of oil, which is good news for the Alberta economy, which was already struggling due to COVID-19. But beyond that, not much else. It's really good for everyone in the stock market and who have a lot of money in the stock market, but for most people, it doesn't really mean much except you might make a bit more on your ETF and on your savings. But how long will this last? It's really hard to say. The last time we reached these near record highs, the market tanked after the first wave of lockdowns. As we're getting into a second wave, it's possible we could see another sizable correction But if you or I knew that, we would be very rich, Elon Musk, $100 billion rich, and I wouldn't be recording this podcast. Before we go, we love to give a quick shout out to an innovative Canadian success story. This week, we're featuring a really cool Toronto-based company called Spiffy. Spiffy is a modern and mobile-based learning platform that their customers refer to as the Instagram of staff training. They're helping cannabis retailers boost the knowledge of their bud tenders with quick snippets of information on various cannabis strains, formats from licensed producers, and also store-specific onboarding content. If you like what you just heard, go vote for Spiffy. They're part of The Peak's pitch competition where we're giving away $1,000 to the most innovative Canadian startup. You can vote for them at readthepeak.com slash pitches. And that's all for The Peak Weekly. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. And for more Peak, you can get our free morning newsletter by subscribing at readthepeak.com. It's informative, witty, and everything you need to start your day. Have a great weekend.